This podcast is brought to you by Destination Medical Center, creating a global destination for health and wellness in Rochester, Minnesota. More at dmc.mn. I had probably the most difficult decision that I've had to make um, in, in my career in, in, in deciding whether you know you continue to go or put a halt, right? Because the world was collapsing and nobody knew what tomorrow bring. And and uh, I decided to take the risk. It ended up being our most successful launch ever in the company's history, even at 50% capacity. Welcome to Urban Evolution, a podcast about harnessing creativity and innovation to transform communities. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. My guest today is Cam Talaby, founder and CEO of Cascade Hospitality, operator of 12 Crave restaurants throughout the Midwest. He surprisingly opened his newest Crave restaurant in Rochester, Minnesota, in the middle of a pandemic, even as restaurants nationwide were closing. But his family's special bond with Rochester and Mayo Clinic was his motivation. Cam Talaby, welcome to the Urban Evolution Podcast. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. From Iran to America in 1979, share your story and your special bond with the city of Rochester, Minnesota. Well, it, it certainly has been a journey. As, as a um, young uh, kid coming to the United States, um, you, you go through the overall change of culture and, and what you go through to go abroad and learn a new language and, and, and learn a new culture. So that in itself was you know, certainly a... Um, an adventure, and um, it, uh, we, we came here to the U.S., and in particular to Minnesota and Rochester, uh, because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and, and we uh, visited the Mayo in uh, March of 1979, and uh, at that point, um, the doctors had informed the family that uh, they're going to do their best, but, you know, the cancer had spread, and my mom had three months or so to live. And uh, she is an absolute miracle case. She's still with us today. She beat all the odds. That's um, great. And, and overcame a lot of uh, challenges uh, throughout the years, but she's still with us here today and, and uh, still our Energizer Bunny. So every day she's still full of life and joy, and, and uh, it, it's just... It, it, certainly puts a perspective on everything. And, and during the dark days and times that we live in today, you just go back to being thankful that you have your health. And, and uh, But uh, that was the journey that got us here and, and it still keeps us in this wonderful state. How old were you? I was 11 years old. You were 11. And at the time, you thought you were going back to Iran. We did, yeah. It was supposed to be a, a, a quick trip. The doctors actually back in Iran had uh, told the family that it was not cancer. So this was just really, you know, caution on my dad's and family to get a second opinion and get it abroad. And so what a, obviously a change of events from thinking that you don't have it to, to being told you've got three months to live. So we, we um, again, thankful to, to have made that decision. In 1979, things changed dramatically in Iran. It, it, obviously, the reason you stayed in the United States. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, you know, the, the country was going through a revolution, and uh, when we came here, we uh, 
you know, obviously had to stay here because of mom and the treatments that she had to go through, um, through uh, Mayo. Uh, but the country was, you know, certainly going through a c- complete change of leadership and, and uh, somewhat state of disarray. So, you know, my dad was able to get back and, and, and do what he needed to do to really get us to move out here to the U.S. We had family here in Minnesota that helped. And, uh, and yeah, and, and I've since never been back. So it was your father, your mother, you, and your brother. Correct. This podcast shares the stories of evolutions, whether personal, professional, or the manner in which our cities and communities are evolving. Your career certainly has evolved from tech entrepreneur to restaurateur. Tell us about that journey. Sure, sure. Well, I grew up in corporate America, so I, I've, I was always sort of an entrepreneur at heart, but I wanted to make sure that I had enough business experience and business acumen to be able to go on my own. So I spent close to 14 years in corporate America with a lot of startups, primarily in the technology sector, and um, went through the ranks and, and uh, ultimately left corporate America to start my own companies and, and had success with yeah, you know, the startup of three different companies that I sold. And as an investment, um, we had looked at a restaurant concept that was brought to us. So we, we got involved and, and uh, um, uh, the name of the restaurant was Bellinote and, and it was a great restaurant. Was that Minneapolis? It was Minneapolis. Yeah, right across the Target Center. So that was sort of our forte into the restaurant space as an investor and uh, minority stakeholder. When was when was that? Gosh, 2003? Okay. So tech entrepreneur in the 90s into the early 2000s. 2000s. And then you, you pivoted into hospitality. And, and we pivoted into hospitality. First, it was sort of, again, as, as a side investment. And then I sold my company and at that point decided to, to do something else. And, and my brother wanted to be in the hospitality business. So we that's ultimately how we got into the restaurant business. We started Crave as, as a one-off. And it wasn't until really, two th- and that was in 2007, when we opened up our first location at the Galleria. In Edina, which is the suburb Correct. of Minneapolis. Correct. Yep. And the, uh, the Galleria Shopping Center. And it was 2009, two years into the endeavor that I sold my last company and, and uh, I told my wife, I think I'm going to be a restauranteer. And, and she took a big breath and said, <laughs> really? <laughs> what were the tech companies and where were they located? They're, they're uh, primarily East Coast. So we started um, started a, uh, um, a co-founder of a, uh, a CRM company that uh, uh, we started in 2001. And uh, we sold to Microsoft and, and uh, subsequently an automotive auction company that, uh, that I sold to Mannheim and, and Cox Enterprises. So I'd been in this space for a long time. And, and honestly, I sort of grew tired of tech and I wanted to do something different. So, you know, I felt like we had a very, you know, solid concept that had legs. I looked at it differently as a business guy and, and an entrepreneur rather than a chef, right? I, I knew that. Uh, and, and we're talking about Crave. Cra- Crave, yeah. And so Crave is is um, a restaurant concept from your hospitality group called Cascade Hospitality, correct? Correct. 
Correct. Tell us more about your company. Well, we, we, you know, it started as just Crave, right? So we, we had one restaurant, and then in 2009 is really when I jumped in and said, I, I, I want to build restaurants. And, and uh, our, our second location was at, uh, at, at Mall of America, and then we came into West End, which is a St. Louis Park location, and started the, the path to grow the Crave uh, restaurant locations here in, in Minnesota and primarily in, in the Twin Cities. In the Twin Cities, yes. And then that led to obviously opportunities outside of the Crave brand. And at that point, we uh, we decided we, we we need to, you know, sort of package the restaurant holdings under one brand that we can market when people, when we speak to different brands, right? So it's not the Crave guys that own X and, and Y. So <laughs> Cascade Hospitality was was basically the the brand that uh, invested in new concepts and and we've uh, launched uh, several that have worked and several that haven't and and uh, but uh, currently we hold uh, uh, and operate uh, the Union Restaurant in downtown Minneapolis, uh, great restaurant with a retractable rooftop, uh, sort of the inspiration for a Rochester location. And uh, we uh, we have Brit's uh, Pub, which has been a recent addition to the family of, you know, celebrating 35, 40 years in downtown Minneapolis. And uh, we've got uh, event centers and, and a catering division, Crave Catering. Uh, we've got uh, two large event centers that we host you know, great galas and weddings. So Muse. multifaceted. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, uh, yeah, you know, bur- bur- fast casual concept and Burger Burger at the Mall of America. So we we uh, we put the concept on the road and, and went to Florida and Ohio. And, and uh, we just decided that we'd rather really be a Midwest concept. And, and, and so we, we, we sort of grew back into primarily growing in here in the Minneapolis market. And we've got locations in South Dakota, North Dakota, and Iowa. So easier to manage, compact within the upper Midwest? You know, it, it is. that We, we learned the, the hard way that is you put a restaurant on the road and you go to different locations. Number one, you, you've got to know the city, right? And, uh, and, and, and so... Uh, and, and the management becomes tougher uh, because you're not there every day. You're, you know, sort of to remote uh, manage a, a restaurant concept is is difficult. So, it, it uh, again, one of the learning curves that you go through when you're an entrepreneur and decide to grow a business that you didn't grow up in. So, as I said, there's a price you always pay as an entrepreneur when you go into something that you don't have experience in. So we we live and learn and got smarter for it and reverted back to, again, focusing in the Midwest. You opened your newest Crave restaurant in the middle of a pandemic in Rochester, Minnesota, and you opened your first Crave restaurant just at the start of the Great Recession of 2008. That first experience might have been enough to have convinced a restaurant owner to lock the door and shut out the lights, but you didn't. Yeah, we, we uh, you know, when we opened the second Crave location in 2009, a lot of people, yeah, you know, including our banks, it's crazy, what are you doing growing a, a, a restaurant in the recession? But I, I, we had such a wonderful rocket ride with with Crave and the success that it had that I didn't really fear, um, you know, looking to open during challenging times. Obviously, we did it at at the outset of of the concept. When we started uh, building Rochester, uh, certainly we had no knowledge of an upcoming pandemic. Um, We were 
50%, 40% into the construction when March came along. And I, I had probably the most difficult decision that I've had to make um, in, in my career in, in, in deciding whether you know you, you continue to go or put a halt, right? Because the world was collapsing and nobody knew what tomorrow bring. And I decided to take the risk, and a lot of it just had to do with, with the city. I really wanted my journey to the U.S. started in, at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, and and uh, I just felt so great about the city and what the city meant to me, my family, my mother, um, that I was bullish and said, look, at the end of the day, whatever happens, you feel it in your gut. And I said, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And certainly Destination Medical Center in downtown Rochester had to have been attractive to you as you were thinking about Rochester for this growth. Absolutely. And and remember, I grew up in watching Rochester go from a little town with, you know, with the highway with one lane each to becoming what it is today. So it's, it's my hats off to the city and, and, and what they've done to continue to grow to be such a medical powerhouse in, in, in the country. And, and frankly, from a global perspective, to be you know, a recognizable brand. This is a big restaurant, rooftop, retractable roof, expensive. Yes, yes. You have 11 others, and I, I'm sure they don't all have retractable yeah. roofs, and I'm sure there were some efficiencies you could have made, and you didn't. Yeah, it, it, uh, as I said, we wanted to create a one-of-a-kind. It just goes back to wanting to do something really extraordinary in the city. I, I felt like it just, I owed it. I was so grateful for what the city has represented and what Mayo represented to, again, me and my family, that uh, when I met with the hotel ownership, he talked to me about a very, very small second level restaurant space. And I said, I've been looking at this market for years and waiting for the right opportunity to really do something special. And I said, if we do something here, it's it's got to be out of the box. So, yeah, you know, took out the plans and I gave him sort of the vision of what I was thinking about doing. And it, it yeah, you know, slowly but surely came came to reality. You have 12 Crave restaurants, so what sets Crave apart and give us a flavor for the restaurant? Sure. We always wanted to create an experiential restaurant. So a a lot, you know, there's, in in my mind, what makes a successful restaurant is you've got to put all the pieces together and all, all the pieces add up to a larger sum. And so it was not only about great food. Great service. It's to create a dining experience that that was unique, and and I always was a big fan of you know vibrant, energetic restaurants. So you see a lot of again every single crave that has a, a very open feel and lots of movement, and you know an, a, a um, an open kitchen, large circular bars, and and a, a, and a large commitment to high top and bar space, bar seating. So it, it in that respect, again, it's a it's a restaurant that is really primarily based off providing a great experience. And then the menu is unique in that there's something there for everybody. I wanted to create uh, a restaurant that again was very suburban friendly. And uh, so, yeah, you know, we've got uh, American-inspired menu and a wide range of menu items from great steaks to seafood to pizzas and salads and all the way to, again, what was unique at that point was a serious commitment to a sushi offering. To, to be able to bring American cuisine and sushi together from day one. It was sort of in our DNA, and, and uh, sushi was a huge hit for us. That's what makes it special. 
Well, obviously, your restaurants are successful. You're in several states around the upper Midwest. You're 12th one. Rochester is unique. It's such an international city because of Mayo Clinic. It's a convention city with a fairly significant uh, convention center. How has the restaurant fared since it opened this past September? Sure. And, and then you couldn't even ever really open it to full, full capacity yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I, I think I want to capitalize on what you said. One of the great things about the, the, the Mayo and, and Rochester is it does expose you to a global reach. So if someone is looking to build a brand, right? Um, what a wonderful location to be able to be exposed to all walks of life. Very similar to sort of the, the, the benefits of being at the Mall of America, because you get millions of visitors throughout the country that come in and, and get to see your concept and, and your brand. So that certainly was is a, is a huge plus. We opened in a, a restaurant right in the heart of, you know, obviously a pandemic um, but the team did a fabulous job. We, we had great commitments from our employees, and and it, it it ended up being our most successful launch ever in the company's history, even at fifty percent capacity. Wow! Right. So so the feedback was tremendous. Um, the city has been great. Uh, we appreciate all the support and and all the uh, you know love that we got from our customers and and it's difficult to go dark when we were so excited about what we were creating and and what the experience was from our guests but you know there'll be there'll be better days in front of us and and we just uh, can't wait to be able to open up the doors again and and by the time we open it'll be spring and we'll get that rooftop opened up and it'll be just a, a fabulous one-of-a-kind dining experience in the city I know you're concentrating on the Crave restaurants within the Upper Midwest, but do you have any new ventures you're working on? Not right now. We've got we've got our eye on on uh, potentially a, a steakhouse concept here in the Twin Cities, but uh, at this point, we're happy with what we have and and just trying to get ready to hopefully turn the lights back on and and uh, get back to normal business at, at post uh, pandemic. I did read that you are using your Crave restaurants for uh, a delivery concept called Toasty Buns. Yes. So share a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, you know, as you, you, everybody knows right now, restaurants are closed for, you know, in dining and primarily delivery and, and takeout. So we've got large restaurants, we've got large kitchen space and, you know, we're doing fraction of of the business that we were doing when the restaurant was open. So uh, yeah, you know there there are what the market is calling ghost kitchens, and where you really create another concept, right, and another offering, and you operate it out of an existing kitchen, right. So Toasty Buns was exactly that. It uh, allowed us to be able to get into the fast casual price point. Um, you know, seven to ten dollars, and and uh, uh, so and and leverage the same investment in a kitchen and the space that we have, and and introduce that concept um, in in the Twin Cities. So it's it's been it's been a great success. We've now launched. Uh, I think we're about two months into it, and um, it, it it's starting to grow and grow and grow. The success of that led us to to actually launch another one uh, called Cluckers which is a crispy fried chicken concept. And that's about two weeks in, in, in the rollout. Oh, so, very new. Uh, very new. Very new. Great feedback. And, and again, looking to continue to raise awareness and market and, uh, and get that offering out in the marketplace. So no new brick and mortar ventures, but certainly some new ventures using existing space. Correct. Correct. 
Let's talk about the changes you predict we'll see in 2021's restaurant experience. Based on the pivoting restaurants have had to do just this year, what do you see in the 2021 restaurant trends? Sure. I think it's going to be a wild ride in 2021. I think, you know, a lot of people have stayed away from restaurants and, uh, and, and have shifted their dining experiences to inside their dining rooms. But I think as Americans, you know, restaurants and the restaurant dining experience is, is a way of life. It's a way for people to socialize and interact. And I, I, when this pandemic is over and, and this vaccine is, is, is uh, produced and, and provided for the mass, I believe that restaurants are going to be on fire. Everybody's going to be getting out, and uh, we're, we're prepared for a, a, a great ride for the second half of 2021. And how has your business pivoted during these challenging times? We've uh, really learned to become a delivery and takeout business. It wasn't really in, in our DNA of offerings. It was there. We didn't really promote it. But uh, during the last seven months, we have uh, introduced new items. We've really figured out how to transact, uh, make it easier for our guests to be able to order online and, and uh, pick up at the restaurant. So we've, we've shifted, obviously, the focus into more delivery and takeout and have learned a lot. And we've made great progress. And, and, and as I said, currently 100% of the business that we're doing is takeout and delivery. Will any of the changes you made follow through as we get past the pandemic? Absolutely. I think there, there certainly the marketplace has matured uh, and, and come together in terms of the actual model of delivery. And so I think there's th- that part of it is here to stay. I think uh, you know a lot more people are now comfortable ordering, whether it's through the takeout companies, DoorDash and Uber, to pick up. Right. So I, I think there's a segment of the marketplace now that will continue to do that. But, you know, in dining will will still be the way that people are going to want to get out and, and experience and enjoy themselves. There's so many tragedies out of this pandemic, but the hospitality industry has just been decimated. And how uh, how do you overcome some of the losses? You have fared fairly well and, and you just predicted that you're just going to see crazy business. Yeah. But will there be enough restaurants open for people yeah. who really need to get out and feel that experience sure. again? You know, it's really sad because I think the industry has been singled out to see a lot of smaller um, restaurant concepts and restaurant owners that um, just don't have the the, the, the financial uh, resources made available to them to be able to weather the storm. You know, their livelihood, their lifeline savings, everything that they've worked hard for get decimated. And that to me is one of the toughest things, at, at least within the restaurant business that I that I see and, and the impact to the, the staff and, and our employees. It is, um, you know, outside of a business owner and the impact that it has on the business. Uh, I tell you, the biggest emotional tool for me has just been the tool of seeing what's happened to our employees. So we're doing all that we can to be there for them. This is a family-owned business, and, and our culture has been always one of we're a family. And uh, so we're, we're, we're uh, working and doing the best that we can to do what we can to help our employees get through these difficult times. And I just hope that 
the government, and they, they figure out a way to be able to come to the rescue. It, it's, it's an industry in a state of shambles. And the uh, National Restaurant Association predicts that if help does not come, half a million restaurants will close in the next 60 days. Wow. It's challenging times right now. You, you, you've got to have a stomach for it. You've got to make, you know, it's, it's a fundamentally different thing. It's no longer running a restaurant. It's survival, right? And how do you continue to reinvent yourself to be able to make sure that you've got enough and to be able to ride out the, 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 the storm? And, and uh, we're trying our best. This is a new territory. There is no right or wrong answer. You just have to do your best and look for better days and survive. Sounds like it takes a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, too. It, it does. It does. I mean, it, it's very easy to be able to sort of just throw up your hands and say enough's enough or, you know, but uh, my hat's off to everybody in the business today that that's, you know, thinking outside the box, doing different things, um, having their employees contribute and taking care of their employees. It, it's challenging times and it, it it's extraordinary heroic efforts to sort of get through it. And I hope a lot of my peer group in the industry can weather the storm and be able to survive. Any advice you can give to our listeners who might be interested in starting a restaurant? It's interesting because I, I think um, as with any downturn, there, there comes opportunities. So you hear about all these new restaurants that are opening, right? during this process. And a lot of it has to do with, unfortunately, restaurants closing. So it makes some of the certain locations really easily uh, accessible without big investments to be able to move right in. So I, I think it represents an opportunity for some, but it's still, you know, in my mind, an incredibly challenging business, especially over the next six to nine months. You're, you're crippled with what you can and what you're able to do. But I, I still believe in the, the hospitality industry. I'm still bullish on it. I think, uh, unfortunately, we just happen to be a sector no different than hotels and airline that's just really been hit hard. And I hope that uh, that restaurants are able to to, to survive and, and be there when the, the, the lights come, come back on and, and we can go back to what we enjoy doing, which is serving our customers and, and uh, putting smiles on their faces. As we close our conversation, my last question for you is what inspires you? You know, um, it, it's great people. I'm in the people business. And, uh, you know, we've got a thousand plus employees and uh, talking to them, living their lives, being able to make an impact, um, providing a place where people can go and enjoy themselves, especially now with this pandemic and what everybody had to go through over the last year. It makes me still want to come running to work and, you know, running what I consider to be my extended family. So in, in many ways, it's, it's the family of employees that I have and the family of customers that visit our restaurants. Thank you, Cam Talaby, for being our guest on Urban Evolution. Thank you for having me. More about the podcast and our guests can be found at urbanevolutionpodcast.com. Urban Evolution is a production of Destination Medical Center Economic Development Agency. Learn more at dmc.mn. Stay safe and be well.